Hello and welcome to Connectivity. My name is Nicholas Scott, founder of Music and Soul, Music Therapy and Wellness Services. And I just wanted to come on today and share an episode of Connectivity, one dedicated to music therapy history. Um, it's very interesting. Um, it's going to be a very brief history because uh, music therapy does date back quite a quite a ways. So let's get into it. No one has created or invented music therapy. However, many individuals have discovered its theories, ideologies, and methodologies. So this was a quote from Rolando Benenzon. And I really think it exemplifies history quite well in that, yeah, no one person did discover or create music therapy. Unlike psychology or other medical clinical disciplines, it's difficult to trace back uh, music therapy to an original source. It can be argued, you know, that music therapy arose from the intuitive and innate human desire to use rhythm, melody, lyrics, and to make use all of those tools to make sense of life, as well as emotional and psychological and physical states. Yeah. Cross-culturally, this is cross-culturally, humans evolved to have a primal need to create and articulate themselves through music. Um, you know, it can be observed to support humans, early humans, in making connections to their body, the mind, heart, and spirit. And in past and to present day, music is used to induce trance states, to support people in dressing psychological needs as well. Music was given specific meaning in the past and intention and was used to mend the ill. Now, a great example of this is the spirituality and faith shamanism. Shamanism is one of the oldest and long-standing faiths and it has been observed to use music in all of these different ways that I have just said. So, for me, I know this because I have participated in Ojibwe Indigenous Community and Ceremony. I've also received teachings from Slavic and Indigenous elders. I'm Slavic myself, um, and I have my own experience that inform my understanding of music within shamanism. So, again, music is in this practice of shamanism. It's used in several ways. It's used to worship nature. It's used to deepen your connection to nature. It's used to induce altered states of mind. It, music is also used to support you in activating the healing response in the body and also just to celebrate life and community. Music is revered as a tool that could be used as medicine. And these musical intentions and uses have been observed in other cultures around the world and are maintained to celebrate 
and are maintained and celebrated to this day. So why do I bring this up? I think it's so important to realize that almost every culture in the world has shamanic-like faiths before modern faiths, or they're still practicing those shamanistic-like faiths. Like in Ukraine, I know that people are still singing and using music as a way to ward off evil, as a way to um, deepen their connection to God. You know, we see this in the church, that music's used in that way too. Um, and it's interesting because something that I've noticed in my research for this podcast, as well as um, through my studies in music therapy, is that when there is advancements in technology and social perspective, um, there's a correlation with a deepening of our understanding. And this extends itself to music and its impact. Because now, our human desire to understand has continued to expand. And this has led to us getting a very interesting expansion in music therapy, where now, rather than music just being used intuitively, it's expanded to include us using music with very specific intentions, such as, I'm going to use this rhythm to support this mother in reducing her heart rate so that her baby is okay when she's birthing. You know? It's it's pretty amazing <laughs> how specific we have come to use music and our specific intentions for music in this day and age. So science is now able to provide us with clear understanding and explanation for what our ancient ancestors already knew um, you know, music therapy to this day is now systematic. It is goal-directed, organized, knowledge-based, and regulated. You know, we have associations. <laughs> it's not merely a series of unplanned, random experiences that turn out to be helpful. So this is a quote from Kenny Brusha in Defining Music Therapy. So what I'm seeing and observing is that the West is now catching up to being able to explain the impact of music through the lens of the scientific method. Now, I say the West is catching up because the rest of the world pretty much had a already good understanding of music therapy. You know, we can observe that music therapy was recognized for its potential in the early 19th century and even more. And it was mainly concurrent with the advancement of psychology. And music was explored and reported to have benefits on the psyche in European medical journals dating as early as 1744, man. That was, you know, Brucia states this in when he defines uh, music therapy. And it's it's pretty amazing how how um, 
early on we can start seeing <laughs> music being used. And musicians and physicians at the time would use music and were interested in experimenting with music as an alternative to the uh, commonplace practices in psychology at that time. And as you may know, at that time, humans with mental health uh, needs were definitely not seen in the same lens that they are today. <laughs> they There were some surgical procedures that were done. There were some really horrendous things and experiments that were being held at that time. So musicians and physicians who were interested in music were definitely a saving grace for a lot of these people by offering music as an alternative to whatever anything else they were offering. And I really think that's a beautiful part of history. Music therapy definitely offers these alternatives to now a wide variety of populations. But another part of the history where we are recognized as music therapists or music therapists, music therapy is recognized is a bit later in time, um, post-World War II. In the U.S., there were a lot of soldiers that were coming back from the war with, you know, horrible trauma. It was trauma that was unimaginable. And what the nurses noticed is that when soldiers were in the units and they had a musician come and play for them, their symptoms were less. They were not as um, energized or, what's the word? They weren't as symptomatic with PTSD. They weren't having the episodes as much. Their symptoms declined. And that was really nice to see. <laughs> And this led to more experimentation with music from physicians and musicians, which then led to the creation of the National Association of Music Therapy in the United States in the 1950s. So this led to other music therapy associations being created in other countries, in various years, not necessarily the same year, but Brazil was one of them, Colombia, Britain, Finland, South Africa, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and Puerto Rico. So there were a lot of different um, countries that knew of music therapy, had their own practices, but then the United States, they created the association and recognized it and gave a lot of recognition to music therapy, which allowed other countries to do the same. So what's great is when you have an association, that's a big mark in a field's history because it shows recognition. It shows that the field is legit. 
And it also shows that this field now has more opportunities to do more research. This field now has more opportunities to extend help to a variety of different populations. And I love it. I really do. It's, it's, it's wonderful to see how much music therapy has grown in the past century. If you think about it, it's been a century. It's been more than a century that music therapy has been going. Now, in the modern context and in Canada, music therapy as a profession didn't really start until the 70s. Um, but <clears throat> as a practice, as something that's been practiced, it's been around for centuries. And I think that's something that people need to realize is that music therapy, despite it being new and up and coming in the modern day standards, music has been used for centuries as a means to support people going through shit. And <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? We, it's amazing how, again, when you get that recognition, things can move forward. And that's exactly what's happened with the field. And so currently music therapy is serving a variety of different populations. Uh, the spectrum is quite wide from birth to death, as I like to say. Um, and that's facts. You know, we are using music therapy now. It's called NICU, NICU music therapy. And that is a practice that was, I think, really brought out in the, in the States. But we've noticed that music has an amazing effect on heart rhythm and physiological systems. So when we use music to calm down a prenatal infant, um, we're able to allow them to grow at a more optimal rate because stress is horrendous on everyone. But on a prenatal infant, it's even more. So we've created really specific techniques, musical techniques, to support um, prenatal infants. We've created a series of specific techniques um, to support people with neurologic conditions like Parkinson's, um, stroke recovery, rehabilitation, physical rehabilitation. And we've gotten it so much so we've done so much research now that we're able to apply music on the physical body and see people benefiting from it. So I think that's really interesting because um, for a long time we've been using music solely to focus in on, uh, I wanted to say psychic health, um, psychological health, as well as emotional, social well-being. And I love music for that, too. <laughs> you know, now people are using music to spread awareness about certain issues. Um, music is now being used as a way to support people in being empowered. And 
communities are being developed and resources are being given to communities that are lacking in development or resources. And it's all because of music, because of music events. Music has that power to bring people together. So with the right intention, you can you can do a lot with music. <laughs> right? Other populations um, that have benefited from music are also people um, who are in hospice or people who have Alzheimer's. Um, music has been repeatedly noted to stimulate and support people who have Alzheimer's memory care needs. The moment you put on music, I'm sure everyone has, has seen a video by now where you put that music on and that person is just remembering that beautiful part of their lives. And it's, it's quite remarkable to witness. As a music therapist, I've seen it many a time where I play a song, I play some music, and all of a sudden they are talking and they are conversing and telling me about, oh my goodness, this happened and this happened and it was just so lovely and it's beautiful. It, it's really remarkable. And I haven't witnessed music as a way to um, mend any suffering in someone's last moments of life, but music has been used to bring support and ease to people who are dying and also to bring support and ease to their family. I've had the privilege and honor of doing some grief work with my own family and singing when my grandmother passed away. And I must say it provided a lot of solace and it provided a lot of closure to us all. So, you know, there you have it. Like music has been used for a long time. And, you know, the intentions remain the same. The intentions are to use music to help another. You know, from creating music as a tool in the early days of humanity to make sense of the world, we still use music in the same regard. Um, now our intentions have maybe deepened to now say, okay, if I'm playing this rhythm, it's going to specifically, I want you to specifically move your arm to this rhythm to rehabilitate it. Now we're very specific. But what I love is that music, the field has expanded and grown. And despite the intentions being the same to help another, the understanding and the impact of music has deepened. And I am forever grateful to those who came before and who continue to maintain and advocate for the therapeutic healing benefits of music. Because honestly, the field would not be where it is now if it weren't for those people. 
So I just want to give <clears throat> my gratitude and thanks to anyone and everyone who is listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of a brief history of music therapy. As I said, it's very brief, not very long. Um, but I just wanted to share that with you all. I hope you all have a phenomenal week. I hope you all are wonderful and doing amazing. Sending all my love. May you all stay well, healthy, and safe. Bye for now.